Hi, this is Beverly Washburn. I was the little girl in the Walt Disney movie Old Yeller, and I'm going to be the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 133, and I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. And this is your weekly look into remakes, sequels, upcoming movies, TV and movie DVD releases, and our interview segment with someone from the TV, movie, or music industry. And joining us this week is actress Beverly Washburn, who was one of the stars of the classic Disney film Old Yeller. That's right, Beverly was uh, in the film, and she's got a lot to talk about, including her upcoming appearance at the California Independent Film Festival's monthly classic film series in Moraga, California, at the New Ream Theater. And that's going to be on Saturday, October 23rd, at uh, 2010, at uh, 11.30 in the morning. Uh, now, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, in November or uh, 2011 or 2012, well, you've missed the appearance, but you can still enjoy her interview, and it's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. And I also want to thank all of you who listen to the show each week, and I hope you're enjoying every every episode that you listen to, and I hope you're listening to them all. And, uh, you know, why don't you tell a friend to, uh, you know, go to onscreenbeyond.com and check out all the lists of people that we have had for guests. Uh, I don't think they're going to find that too many places on the web. In fact, they probably won't find it anywhere except at onscreenbeyond.com. And, uh, you know, click on something and uh, listen to some of these people. There's got to be somebody in that list that they would enjoy listening to because we have a lot of Great guests, uh, and, and we've got more coming your way. So keep listening each week right here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, let's get on the move now and uh, take a peek at what's coming your way as far as remakes in Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, okay. Now, as far as uh, remakes, of course, we're looking at all kinds of different things. Some are movies that are being redone, redid, redoed, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them because they're calling reboots and things like that. Also, books that are being made into movies or, uh, you know, uh, different things that uh, might be being remade into movies. So that encompasses a lot of things. But a remake of the Argentinian film The Secret in Their Eyes, which won an Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film, is headed for an American remake. And the popular video game Myst may be headed for the big screen. And it's still in the early stages, so we'll keep you posted on that. And Disney, of course, has made many movies uh, about a lot of their theme park rides. Okay, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, things like that. And uh, now they're looking at making a movie of the whole Magic Kingdom. That's right. And that's in the early stages, too, so we'll keep you informed on that. That's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming movies right here. Upcoming movies, well, it looks like Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts are going to star in August, Osage County. Okay, now I probably said that wrong, but uh, Osage County, something. Okay, <laughs> and uh, they will play mother and daughter in the film, so we're going to watch out for that one, of course, every time Meryl Streep or Julia Roberts is in a film, it's always a big hit. And uh, Hilary Swank uh, and Josh Brolin are going to be starring in Dreams of a Dying Heart. Uh, that sounds like a tearjerker. It's about a woman who returns from Iraq 
to her husband and daughter, only to find reality is not what it seems. And Hillary will also star in a film called The Resident. That's coming out this year. It's about a doctor who suspects she may not be alone in her new loft when she learns that her landlord has an obsession with her. Sounds like a good one. That's about it for upcoming movies. Next, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Well, Sequel City, all right, Transformers 3. Now, I just recently tried watching Transformers, and I that just wasn't my cup of tea. I just couldn't take it. But uh, anyways, Transformers 3 now has a name. Look for it as Transformers The Dark of the Moon. All right, and rumors are out that Will Smith will play the president this time around in the sequels to Independence Day. And that's right, you heard me correctly. Sequels, that's plural. No dates yet as far as what's going on with that. And Emma Thompson will uh, is rumored to be joining the cast of Men in Black 3 this time around, so we'll keep you informed as that cast keeps developing. And next on On Screen and Beyond, TV on DVD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TV on DVD. Well, the complete fourth season of Mr. Ed uh, is going to be arriving in stores this November. And Bonanza, the official second season, Volume 1, will come to DVD on December 7th. And The Lucy Show, the official third season, will be in stores on November 30th. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies to DVD? Next, right here. All right, movies on DVD. It looks like Toy Story 3, great film, hits stores on November 2nd. And on November 23rd, you can look for Disney's Beauty and the Beast to arrive on DVD and Blu-ray in their Diamond Edition. And... The Sorcerer's Apprentice, also from Disney, lands on DVD and Blu-ray on November 30th. That's it for Movies on DVD coming your way. And next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to be sitting down talking with Beverly Washburn. Now, Beverly was in the classic Disney film, Old Yeller. Great film. If you haven't seen it, sit down and watch it. It's tearjerker, but, you know, you, you can, can watch it. And uh, it's, a, it's a good film. And uh, Beverly's going to talk about that. She's going to talk about her connection of her episode on Star Trek and a whole lot of other things. And she's going to be appearing at the California Independent Film Festival's monthly classic film series in Moraga, California at the New Ream Theater on Saturday, October 23rd, 2010 at 11 a.m. They're going to show Old Yeller and Beverly's going to be there for a question and answer. It's going to be great. Check it out. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Beverly right here.
My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress who is best known for her role in Disney's classic Old Yeller, and she has appeared in numerous TV shows and films, including appearing on the 1951 film Superman and the Mole Men with George Reeves. She will be appearing at a special showing of Old Yeller at the California Independent Film Festival's monthly classic film series at the New Ream Theater in Moraga, California on Saturday, October 23rd at 11 a.m. It's Beverly Washburn. Beverly, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Well, thank you so much. This is uh, an honor for me, and I'm certainly looking forward to um, being there at the screening and doing a little panel discussion or Q&A or whatever they want me to do, and I'm um, very grateful that they've invited me to this. And, and it's the Old Yeller is such a classic film. I mean, Disney had a way of uh, tugging at people's heartstrings, and a lot of his movies are, are very sad. <laughs> I know. That one was a tearjerker, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> I know. I've had grown men say that they haven't been able to watch it because it's too sad. But um, the interesting thing about Old Yeller is that he actually was a rescue dog. Really? And Yeah, and his real name was Spike, and he was just a great dog. And the interesting thing is that, you know, when they filmed, you know, um, like Lassie and Renton Tin, mm-hmm. they had several German Shepherds and right. uh, several Collies, you know, so that depending on which trick, you know, which dog did the best, they would bring in that particular dog. But with Old Yeller, <clears throat> because he's uh, a rescue dog, there was only one of him, so he did everything. Wow, that was that, for a rescue yeah. dog. That's pretty talented to be oh, able to train. Oh, I know. Tra- he was a, he was a great dog. He yeah. really was. Did and you get any, any time to spend with with the dog? Um, you know, a little bit, but he was there with his trainer. You know, the the Weatherwax family who trained most of the animals. You know, in so the they movie. they were the ones who did Lassie, also, right? Yeah, they they were pretty pretty much had the corner. Ah. You know, the market cornered and did all the animals, and, and there were, you know, people from the Humane Society on set to make sure that the dogs, you know, were treated well, just like they had welfare workers, they called them, on the set to make sure that we were treated well, the children, you mm-hmm. know. And, um, yeah, he was a great dog. We didn't get to spend all that much time with him because, you know, after he'd do a scene, they'd take him to his dressing room, which, as I recall, I think it was bigger than mine. <laughs> 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 Boy, that must have been a shock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. But, um, yeah, he was, um, I think that was, well, I, I've always been an animal lover, but um, working in that film was such a thrill for me just to be a part of it, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Old Yeller. And, so um, how, how did you get the part? I went on an audition and read for it, which I was so grateful for because at the time they were doing the Mickey Mouse Club with all the mouse Mm-hmm. And they certainly could have used any of the Mouseketeers who would have done a wonderful job. And so I felt very blessed and fortunate that I got selected. And um, to this day, I, I'm still friends with uh, quite a few of the Mouseketeers. And we had school together, you know, in the big red trailer right on the lot of Disney Studios. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were required to do three hours of schooling a day. And then, you know, in in between the schooling, we would go and do a scene and then go back to, to the red trailer to finish up our school. So, um, now, were, were you and uh, Tommy and, and Kevin uh, real close on set? Did, were you, yeah, you know, getting in fact, trouble? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, we were. It was, I know it sounds sort of corny and cliche, but we really were like a, a family because 
if you remember, like that movie, there were only seven people in the whole movie. There were no, you know, supporting players or extras or anything. It was mm-hmm. just seven of us, and we filmed for three months. And so it was supposed to have taken place in Texas, but we never did go on location. It was filmed in a little place, you know, in Los Angeles out in, um, I think it was called the Iverson Ranch or something. And then the rest of it was right on the set. But um, we were all good friends. In fact, Tommy Kirk was um, just here visiting me about three weeks ago. So we've remained friends, and um, he's a a terrific guy. um, And I feel very fortunate that, you know, I'm still in touch with all the old Mouseketeers and Tommy and Kevin. And sadly, you know, we're the only three left from the whole movie because Dorothy McGuire and Chuck Connors and Fess Parker and Jeff York have all since passed away. Right, yeah. yeah. Now, in that movie, um, of course, Fess Parker was the father, and he was there at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, they had him at the end. Now, was that intentional uh, for that, or was, or was that part, was he put into that part because they had some contractual thing where he had to do some pictures for Disney or anything like that? You know, I don't know for sure. It's just he was well-loved by so many oh, yeah. people, you know, and of course he was very famous for Davy Crockett, right. and um, he just fit the role so well, and he was happy to do it. And, and I might add that he was probably one of the nicest men you ever want to meet. In fact, a few years ago, um, I was invited to Disney World because they were celebrating their 50-year anniversary, and I, I, I traveled there with Sharon Baird, who was one of the original Mouseketeers. And um, when we got there, I hadn't seen Fess Parker since we did Old Yeller, which wow. was, you know, back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And we, even though we were in the same movie, we didn't actually have any scenes together. Um, because he's in the beginning, and then I kind of come in the middle, and then right. he's in the end. And, and so um, my friend Sharon said, oh, there's Fess Parker. You should go say hello to him. And I said, oh, yeah, I want to. But I said, he'll never remember me. And she goes, yes, he will. And I said, no, I he won't remember me, because it had been, you know, like 40 years or something. And so he was having his lunch, and, and I didn't want to bother him, so I waited till he got done. And so I went over, and... As I was about to introduce myself, he stood up and just gave me a big hug, and he was just so warm and kind, and he asked me, you know, where I was living, and um, of course, I live in Las Vegas now, and he has this wonderful winery um, uh, near Santa Barbara, so he invited um, me to come there any time, and he was just such a dear man, and you know, his passing, which was not all that long ago. It was right. Very, very sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like you say, I was, I was just curious because, you know, I didn't know if they had written the story that way or if they had, you know, put him in because of the fact that he was yeah. loved so much, you know, because well, it is it just the Well, it was based on a, you know, a book uh, written by Fred Gibson, and so they needed the father, and I guess he just fit the role so well. And, yeah. I mean, it's possible, you know, being that he was under contract, that he had to fulfill, you know, an obligation, but I can't think of anybody who would have been better in that role. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Now, being a Disney film, uh, we mentioned that earlier, uh, did you get a chance to meet Walt Disney? I did. I had to read for him. Oh, uh, so he was very involved with it. uh, Pardon me? He was very involved with the film then. He was, you know, and yet... 
he uh, he would come on the set and um you know he was very hands on and yet he never interfered he he never tried to direct he left that up to the director and he didn't try to do anybody's job you know what i mean he yeah. just kind of let everybody do you know cuz he respected everybody to do their job but he would come on the set and um of course i was thrilled to meet him and i had to you know read for the part of lisbeth you know on the audition and were you nervous so well um you know i was young so you know when you're that young i i think i don't know when you're no i guess i <laughs> i i never was really nervous about reading but i mean of course i was hoping that i would of be course. fortunate enough to get the part but um um, and I was just happy, and I, I was very surprised that I got selected because I thought they would use one of the Mouseketeers. So right. I, I yeah. was very lucky. So you had seen him on on TV, I'm sure. Oh yeah. So I mean, of course. I are you talking about Fess Parker now? Uh, Walt, Walt oh, Walt himself. Oh well, you know he was so famous, and um, I guess I mean I just I guess I knew more of him than um, right. you know because I hadn't met him, but. So I, I felt very honored, and I thought, well, even if I don't get this part, I was so fortunate to just get to meet him. Oh, yeah, jeez. Oh, um, so, yeah, I felt very blessed. Hmm. Now, now, on the making of that film, did you had you read the whole script and knew that the dog, well, I don't want to say what happens, in case somebody hasn't seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> did you know what was going to happen in the film? Um, well, I was told, yeah, because they give you what's called sides, which is like it's not the whole script because when they have you audition, they have several girls auditioning, and so they don't give you the whole script. They just give you what's called sides, which is you know one or two scenes that you would be in. And um, and so when I went in, they of course told me the story, what you know what it was about, and so that I would be you know know a little bit more about how to act or whatever what the story was about and then i would just you know read a couple of scenes with a casting person and um read for the producer and then robert stevenson who was the director and walt disney hmm. so um yeah, the reason i didn't say what happened is because <laughs> the one thing i hate even if it's an old film i hate to yeah. to to, to reveal the story <laughs> we do reviews on our websites oh, really? and um that's the one thing we, we don't go d in depth about every little thing that happens uh -huh. i hate to read reviews that tell you the whole story the whole story yeah and then <laughs> you go to the imagination why well, go to the movie then <laughs> you know <laughs> so i don't even like to tell you what it happens in the film so <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> even but if it's I a classic kind of know that it's kind of sad no matter what right but, <laughs> but you know the thing that amazes me is that um for years, they've been showing Old Yeller um, in grammar schools, and I always thought, I, I always wondered about that, because I think it's kind of traumatic. Oh, yeah. And yet, you know, Tommy said, and, and I guess he has a good point, he said, it's, you know, it kind of, it's realistic, because things happen in life. It's oh, yeah. not always, you know, peaches and cream in life, and he said it helps children realize, you know, that Sometimes sad things happen, and it helps them deal with it. Yeah. But so I guess that's a good point. But I, you know, my side is that I'm thinking it's pretty darn traumatic for little ones to to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but they they do. They've shown it, you know, for years in um, you know in the elementary schools. And um, but I, I'm just amazed that it's still around after all these years. And somebody told me that it's consistently 
in the top 100 of sales of old movies. Really? Um, yeah. Well, at least it, it was as of a few years ago. I don't know if it still is. I'm sure but... it doesn't surprise me at all. Really. That's such a classic. It's 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 a it's a you know it's a good family film. But you know, Walt was good at that doing you know family films. And you know, like you say, there was always a sad part. I mean, look at yeah. Bambi. Look at uh, I know uh, somebody said to me they were just joking, of course, but they said, you know, I think way down deep, Walt Disney must have not liked animals because they all die. <laughs> look at Bambi's mother and look at Old Yeller. And <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and all all a lot of the you know Snow White. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I, there's so many different movies like that. But you know, he knew how to to tug at the heartstrings, and then yeah. you know everything eventually works out in some shape yeah. or form and uh, uh -huh. it's, it's just such a classic a great film yeah he was an amazing filmmaker you know i mean of course this goes back you know over 50 years ago and movies have changed so much now you know and there's so much you know all this technology and animation and um i mean they had animation then too but now it's so advanced and all oh, the, yeah. the stuff that they do it's it's kind of a different world that we live in now compared to the movies back then. You know, some of them were pretty hokey and corny, and I'm just happy that Old Yeller has kind of, you know, stood the test of time, so it... Um, how old were you when that ha when that movie was um, made? I think I was 13. 13. Now, I mean, of course, you know, nobody can tell the future or anything, but could you ever even have imagined that, you know... Here, this long after the, the film is made, that it's still, you know, still being watched and, and admired yeah. and loved. And no, I, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that. I know, no. it's amazing. So it is, you know, and some things just go on forever, like Star Trek, too. You know, I did an episode of Star Trek years ago, and, you know, and it's still going, you know. And, and now, of course, everything's on the Internet. I, it's amazing. But, but you mentioned Star Trek. Uh, so I, we may as well go into that. Um, oh. The Deadly Years, back in... Uh, Boy, oh, you did, uh, how that, do you know all this? My goodness. Well, I'm actually, here. I remember the movie, the show. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, was, I, I, that was in the 60s, of course, and I don't remember exactly what year that was. But um, that, how, how did you get the part of, of uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Galway? Galway, yeah. Um, again, I just had to go in and read for the role. And, um, you know, basically, well, you know, I have a book out now called Real Tears, and, and in yes. the book I tell how many times when I was younger I was very fortunate because um, once I had a speaking role, I sometimes was just called in automatically to do a role. But then as I got older, you know, and worked less, then it started where I would have to actually go in and read for the role. And so... I went in and read for that, but it was the second season, and it wasn't really all that popular just yet. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea, you know, um, that Star Trek would go on and be this huge phenomenon be all over the world. And, right. Um, the Star Trek fans are amazing, because I've done a few Star Trek conventions, and, you know, for those people who saw that episode, I just had a small role. I was Lieutenant Galway, and I you know, get this disease where I start aging and then I die of old age. Yep. And, um, some of these people, I mean, they even would remember some of my lines. Wow. You know, <laughs> and, and because they, they're so into Star Trek and they'll come to these conventions and they'll be dressed up, you know, yep. in oh, yeah. Trek outfits and 
they're so dedicated. It's just, um, it's wonderful. And I always feel so flattered and honored when somebody remembers me from an old show, you know. And it's funny because um, a lot of the guests we've had on the show uh, all have a Star Trek, uh, you know, appearance in their past. Is that right? Uh, Oh, yeah, a lot of them do. And and, and like you say, they may not, you know, have been a a huge guest starring role. You know, they might have been the third guy in the back in the left. (laughs) And and they're they're going to conventions and people know them. (laughs) I know. I I was just blown away that somebody actually knew who I was because I thought, you know, the first convention that I went to, I thought, well, you know, I just had a small role. <clears throat> in fact, I died in it. Right. I wasn't even wearing a red shirt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I was very flattered that people remembered. Yeah. How was it working with, with William Shatner and, and uh, Lennon Nimoy and uh, you know, the others in the cast? Yeah. They were, they were all great. They really, they were fun. And uh, again, I, you know, I'm reiterating, but I had no idea back then that Star Trek would still be around after all these years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, uh, amazing. Now, uh, another movie you were in, TV show, depending on how you want to take it, uh, is is probably one of my favorites. Um, and it was uh, Superman and oh, the Mole Superman Man. Superman and the Mole Man. <laughs> I, 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 that was the one episode. Uh, I can remember that. I mean, of course, I saw that in reruns. Um, but uh, I... That was always one of my favorite shows, and uh, of course, you had a part in that. Yeah, and you know, I, I was so young, and um, so for me, you know, I, even though I didn't actually have a scene with George Reeves, mm-hmm. because uh, for people who watched that particular show, Superman in the Moment, I was the little girl, you know, that's in bed, and the little mole men climb in yep. through the window, <laughs> and we start playing ball, and then the mother comes in and screams. So I didn't have any scenes with George Reeves, but he was on the set in a Superman outfit. And so for me, the thrill, because I was so young, I guess I was seven or eight, you know, I thought that he really was Superman. Right. So, because I never claimed to be a bright child, but (laughs) but I thought he really was Superman. And so for me, that was the most exciting part. And um, it wasn't, of course, until years later that I realized, you know, exactly who he was, and then I got to work with George Reeves, which was an honor, you know? And then, strangely, right after, or shortly after, I did Superman in the Moment, I was cast in a TV show called um, Heart of Gold, and it was with George Reeves was the father, and Anita Louise was the mother, and then Tommy Reddick, do you remember him? He was Jeff on Lassie. Oh, okay, yes. Um, he and I played brother and sister, and then Edmund Gwen uh, was the snowman, and it was called Heart of Gold because I have this little locket made out of a heart, and Tommy Reddick and I go outside to play in the snow, and I put my heart locket in the snowman, and he comes to life. Mm-hmm. And that was played by Edmund Gwynn, which shows you, you know, <laughs> the storylines have changed quite a bit right. from years ago to to the shows that are on TV now. But anyway, it was just a really sweet film. And so George Reeves played my father. And it was baffling to me because I was so young. I was like eight. And I had heard people referring to him on the set as Superman. And I I couldn't quite grasp that in my young mind, you know. So I asked my mother, like, how could he be 
Superman, and then he was playing my father, you know. <laughs> so my mother, I guess to appease me, she told me that he really was Superman, but that he was just play acting for that <laughs> role. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I bought it. So <laughs> it was, <laughs> I was good to go with that that uh, answer. Yeah. But, um, I mean, at that age, being you know, when you were on the, in the film with Super, with George Reeves as Superman, uh, you, you must have been so thrilled. I mean, because like you said, oh, you, was, in your yeah. mind, it was him. Yeah, I mean, I really thought it was Superman, and that was so exciting. Yeah. You know? and, and again, you know, like I mentioned, the Star Trek fans, uh, the Superman fans are, you know, they're wonderful. In fact, I'm, I'm going in October to New York to do a Superman convention. Oh, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and you know, people come to these conventions dressed up like Superman, and it's just fun. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, we live in such a a world where there's so much, you know, sadness, and people worry so much about things. It's just kind of nice to be able to, you know, let loose and let loose, have and just a good have time. A, a fun day, and you know, yeah. just and, you know, because it's all harmless. It's just all in good fun. And, oh yeah. Um, now, yeah, it's you. Sweet. You said you worked with George, uh, you know, again, but you also worked with Phyllis Coates, didn't you? I did. Your professional and also, father? Um, and this is like a little bit of trivia. When I was 11, I did a series at CBS. It was not a popular show. It was back in the days of live TV, and it was called Professional Father. Mm-hmm. And Barbara Billingsley was my mother, and of course later she became famous for being June Cleaver on... Right on uh, Leave it to Beaver, but it was a series that we did live every week at CBS in L.A., and Steve Dunn was the father, and um, Barbara Billingsley was the mother, and then a guy by the name of Ted Mark, who got out of the business right after the series because he hated being an actor, and uh, myself, we were the two children, and Phyllis Coates played the secretary slash nurse, Uh, Steve Dunn, who was the father, was supposed to be a child psychologist, and so she was the the nurse. Madge uh, Allen, right? uh Uh-huh. Her name was Madge Allen on the show. Wow, you know more than I do. I (laughs) I think that's what it was. (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, so she um, was the, in fact, I saw her a couple years ago, and I mentioned it to her, and she said she doesn't have any recollection of that show. Oh, really? <laughs> so I guess it, it wasn't one of her favorite shows, but um, but she's just a doll. She's just a yeah. really sweet lady. Because um, she was the the uh, lowest lane on Superman in the moment. Right, And yep. then, of course, Noelle Neal was the other one. It mm-hmm. was also just a sweet little woman who's going to be 90, 90 uh, years old. in November. Wow. Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to uh, interview Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen. Oh, did you? And Aww. he was such a gentleman. I mean, oh, it, he's such a nice man. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I I met him at a Superman convention, and I was just so thrilled to meet him. Yeah. When yeah. we did the interview, um, it actually went for two hours. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't want to stop him. He was he was talking, and it was so interesting. And I figured, you know, I, I'm talking to Jimmy Olsen here. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I know, isn't that the thing? We actually had to split the show into two parts in order wow. for people to download it. It was so big, but it, it was wow. it was fascinating listening. You know, people can still go to our site and actually download that and listen to it still. Oh wow, that's but, great.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, Barbara Billingsley. Um, mm-hmm. She So you worked with her yes. then, and then you actually, uh, you did you do an episode of Leave it to Beaver? I did. It was uh, called The Blind Date Committee, and it was um, uh, an episode where Wally, played by Tony Dalton. Yeah, Tony's been a guest. Um, yes, yeah, <laughs> he was supposed to be in charge of the Blind Date Committee, trying to get blind dates for people who needed a date and nobody would go out with me and so so he gets stuck with me and um so there's a cute little scene at the end where you know we're sitting at the malt shop and tony and i have remained friends in fact he wrote the foreword for my book ah yes yeah he's such a sweet sweet guy oh yeah and and it was funny when i interviewed him when he talked you know even though after all these years if i closed my eyes it's it was the still Wally. Right? <laughs> he sounded so much like he did back then. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, but um, now another person uh, that was a, a a hero to everybody. Uh, you were a, a guest on that show, The Lone Ranger. Oh, actually, it was the feature. The feature. Oh, the film. feature. Okay, yeah. And um, yeah, with Clayton Moore. Yes. You know, they had John Hart also played. Uh, the Lone Ranger, but I think, and of course, everybody has their favorites, but I think most people kind of, I don't, well, I shouldn't say that, but maybe I'm a little bit biased because I worked with Clayton Moore, that he was, you know. He, the, he, he'll always, to, to, to many people, he'll always be the Lone Ranger. Yeah, you know. and um, yeah, that was a, a great, fun film to do. We filmed most of it in Kanab, Utah, and um, uh I was supposed to be this kind of a tomboy, and Lyle Becker and Benita Granville were my parents, and um, of course I get kidnapped, and guess who comes to the rescue? <laughs> You'll never guess, right? Um, but it was a, it was really a, a fun, fun time, and we filmed for like three months, and did most of it in Kanab, Utah, which is just beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been there. But I went to Moab, but uh, I, you know... I don't know if I was I drove through it or not. <laughs> yeah, and Kanab is also the home of Best Friends, which is a huge um, animal sanctuary, ah. uh, one of which I, I donate money to, because um, they take in all these homeless animals, and it's beautiful there, and they don't euthanize them unless, you know, they're severely ill, and they give them homes, and... Um, they were big in the rescuing of a lot of uh, dogs from Katrina. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful organization. Huh. And they're right in Kanab. Hmm. And, 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 you know, looking over your career, you've, you know, I mean, we've already gone over several huge shows that you've been in films, um, but uh, you, you also worked with some, some great actors. And uh, Lou Costello? I know. What a... What a nice man. I was so thrilled to work with him. It was on an episode of Wagon Train, 
and it was the only dramatic role that he ever did. And he he just did an amazing job. But, you know, it, it shows you how times have changed because the episode was actually about um, he, he was a drifter and I was an orphan, and we were traveling together on this wagon train, and then there's a murder, and, of course, they think that he did it. And the episode actually was written by Harry Von Zell, who, remember him from Burns and Allen? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he actually wrote the uh, the episode, and he was in it as well. Um, but back then, you know, it was in the 50s, and, it, you know, it was a time of innocence, and nobody ever thought twice about anything about a little girl traveling with a man, where nowadays right. that would be totally inappropriate. You know, yeah. you couldn't have a show about that, but... Um, Anyway, I'm traveling with him, and we're stowaways, and then they think that he committed the murder because he has a drinking problem, and they're going to hang him. And, of course, then I have my big crying scene because I know that he didn't do it. And um, he was just the nicest man. And, of course, I was a big Abbott and Costello fan, so I was thrilled to get that role. I just really wanted it, you know, mainly so I could meet him and work with him. And he was the nicest man, and... But, you know, even though I was very young, I kind of, although he was sweet and funny and as nice as he could be, I picked up that there was kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a sadness. And I couldn't pinpoint it. But I found out later that, you know, his son had drowned, uh, like one day, I believe it was, or three days before his first birthday. And he never got over it. He never... Truly got over that, and he sadly he always blamed his wife because she was at home when their son drowned. And even though you know they stayed married, they said it really took a toll on their marriage because he just um, he blamed her for it. I mean, it, certainly it was an accident, but evidently from what I've read and heard that he carried that around with him, and so he had this kind of a I don't know, a sadness about him, and yet just the sweetest man and and nice, and he was quite funny, you know, whenever he would forget his lines instead of just stopping, he would look straight into the camera and go, so how are (laughs) you? Because he was so used to ad-libbing, you know, when they did Abbott and Costello, but on this he had to stick to the script. Right, yeah. But he did an amazing job, and um, I was so honored to work with him. Yeah, and... And I understand you were very close with Jack Benny. Oh, he was my, you know, people have always asked me, who's your favorite? And it's hard to really pinpoint anybody because I I feel so fortunate. You know, of course, Loretta Young was one of my favorites and uh, Kirk Douglas and, and so many. But Jack Benny was just. He was just special. I, I just had this bond with him, and it was always so funny that he would play this stingy tightwad because he was probably the most generous, thoughtful person that you would ever want to meet. And when my father was dying uh, and was in the hospital, Jack Benny actually sent over his personal physician to you know, examine him and look at him, and he did that at his expense. Wow. And, um, yeah, I, I write a whole chapter thing about Jack Benny in my book because he was such an important part of my life, and 
I was on the radio with him, and the first time I worked with him was back in the days of live TV, and it was a, I, I guess you can see it on the Internet. It's where I come up out of the audience and ask for his autograph, and it turns out my name is Margaret Truman, and we do this whole little bit. And, um, and then I did a couple of his radio shows, and then I traveled with him to um, Phoenix. We did a, a show at the Biltmore, and it was a comedy skit. And we just stayed friends over the years. And then in the 70s, I toured with him. We um, we did a, well, first we were on the Hollywood Palace. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we played, uh, what was it called, Melody Land, which was across from uh, Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And then they decided to take it on tour. So we played Vegas at the Sahara and then Lake Tahoe. And then we traveled all over the East Coast. And he was just... Um, just the nicest, most generous, thoughtful, you know, and, and he was generous in so many ways. You know, a lot of the comedians, you know, they want to have the punchline or be the one that people, you know, where they get the laugh, but he was so generous in that way because, I mean, he didn't even have to say anything. He would just do that long take, you know, where right. he put his <laughs> hand on his cheek and look around and people would be just cracking up. Yeah, you know? amazing. And he would let somebody else get the punchline. Yeah. And, he was just a, an amazing man. Uh-huh. And you also got to work with Loretta Young in two of her shows? Well, I, I worked with her on several of her shows. Uh, she did, years ago, it was a show called Letters to Loretta, which was changed to the Loretta Young show. And I did, so, they were episodic, you know, each story was a, a different one. And she would, you know, come through the doors with their beautiful gown and then introduce the episode, and I did, I guess, maybe three or four of those, and then years later, she did the new Loretta Young show, which never was very popular. We, I don't think anybody watched it. Maybe we had 11 viewers or something, because we were opposite Ben Casey at the Ooh. time, and <laughs> Ben Casey was huge back yes, then. That, you know, that was a tough Edwards, one. The medical show, and so our ratings were not good. But she played a widow with seven children, and I was one of her children. And she actually called me direct at home and said that she was doing this series and she wanted me to play one of her daughters. And um, I stayed in touch with her up until the day she died. Mm-hmm. And she was like a mom, like a second mom to me, and just the sweetest, most loving, warm, kind person. And you know, one time I went to the mailbox and she had sent me this beautiful scarf and with a little note that just said, I was out shopping and saw this scarf and thought of you and joy. Wow. And I thought, you know, what a sweet thing to do because it, it wasn't my birthday and it wasn't Christmas. It was just something that she did. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll have that scarf till the day I die. I just treasure it. Oh, yeah. Jeez. And oh. then when my husband became ill... You know, we talked about angels and everything, and then, uh, like a couple of days later, I went to the mailbox and she would sent me a little book on angels, and then she sent me this little glass dove. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. she she was quite religious. You know, and yeah. when we were on the set, she had what was called a cuss box, and if anybody used a swear word, any of the cast or crew, they'd have to put a quarter in the box. <laughs> And then that would go to her favorite charity. And um, But she was very hands-on. She was involved in, you know, the makeup and the hair and the wardrobe and um, 
just a sweet, sweet lady, and I was really saddened when she passed away. Yeah. But, um, she was so beautiful. You know? oh, yeah. She was like the epitome of a, a movie star lady, you know, right. always. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't see her, like, in jeans and a sweatshirt. She always, you know, had her makeup and her hair was always perfect, and, you know, her nails and her clothes. And Classic Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see that so much anymore. No, no, you, know? you don't. Yeah, but that was Classic Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with all the things that you've done and been in, uh, is there anything uh, that was your favorite or, or your highlight, you know, uh, that you that you said, oh, I'm really glad I did that? Um, wow. I... I <laughs> I don't know. I know there's I, so I many so problems. Fun and enjoyment with you know every every show that I did, and you know when I worked on Streets of San Francisco, I did three of those episodes, and it was such a thrill for me because I had worked with Kirk Douglas when I was eight years old uh, on a movie called The Juggler at Columbia, mm-hmm. and of course when I got to meet Michael Douglas. It was just so wonderful to be able to tell him that I had worked with his dad so many years prior to that. And he was, I might add, Michael Douglas was just as nice as he could be. Really, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I loved working on that. And, of course, um, Old Yeller was always one of my favorites because I'm such an animal lover. And mm-hmm. um, Star Trek was fun. And uh, Thriller was fun, too. In fact, that just came out on a... Um, box set Boris of Carlos. all the episodes, and yeah. I narrate the episode that I did, which was called Parasite Mansion, and um, that was fun because that was my introduction to meet Tony Dow. You know, I was a teenager by then. I guess I was like 15 or 16, and as with every other teenage girl in the world, I had this huge crush on <laughs> Tony Dow. Yeah. Well, they were filming Leave it to Beaver on the next stage when I was, you know... Uh, doing Thriller. Well, Barbara Billingsley had played my mother when I was 11, mm-hmm. and so that was my in. I thought, ah, if I could go see Barbara, then she could introduce me to <laughs> Tony. And um, so that's how I met Tony, and we just became friends, and then I was lucky enough to be cast in one of the episodes, but Tony and his wife and I have stayed friends, you know, for years. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I don't know. It's hard to and then I did an episode of Father Knows Best, and Lauren Chapin and I are still friends. Yeah. You know, she lives in Florida. And so um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to for me to, to say. Of course, you know, I loved working on Here Comes the Groom because that was Bing Crosby. And, oh, um, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So I don't know. I, it's hard to... I guess it's like saying if you have children, which one's your favorite? Right, yeah, you know? yeah. Because you love them all. But yeah. I, but I, it sounds corny, but I, I really, yeah, I really do. And of course, Dragnet was fun working with Jack Webb because, you know, how he had that kind of droll, you know, that delivery where he, you mm-hmm. know, just the facts, man. Right. Yeah. He basically had no expression or anything. Well, the reason is because he. You know, he cranked out this series, you know, every week, and he never wanted to bother having to memorize his lines. So he actually had a teleprompter, and he would read his lines. And I was probably about nine at the time, and I had never seen anything like it. It was this, like a, 
it was a teleprompter and it was on wheels and when they do the scene with a camera on him they would like roll this teleprompter and he would be reading his dialogue and so that's why he really never had any emotion but it worked for the character right, you know yeah, he became famous fit. for that delivery that was just so yeah. you know but um he was great and up until the time he died he sent me a christmas card every year i mean not personally i'm sure it was his secretary or office but right, yeah. i was so happy to be on the list and I used to always get a kick out of the Christmas card because it was the same every year, and it wasn't really a like a Christmassy card. It looked like a white business card, and um, it was the size of like a kind of a little bit larger than a business card, and it had that Mark Seven, you know, that stamp, you know, from his show. Mm-hmm. It was like embossed on it, and then it just said "Season's Greetings, Jack Webb." And I got that every year. And I was thrilled to be on his list. But it, right, yeah. it used to make me laugh that it was not the most Christmassy card, but um, that's what it was every year. It's and the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts, and I was so thrilled to be part of his list. Yeah. You know? huh. so, now, yeah. I've got two more questions for okay. you. Okay. And this takes us away from all of your other things that we've talked about, but um, your favorite TV shows of all time, what would you say? Not not shows necessarily that you were on or anything, but just something you enjoy to watch. New or old doesn't make any difference. Um, wow. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> new or old. Um, I love all the, the news programs, you know, the Dateline and all that, but that's yeah. not like a dramatic thing. I just, that's kind of like what I watch. That's okay, now that's fine. I, I watch, you know, like... Um, Dancing with the Stars, of course, and mm-hmm. and I love Two and a Half Men. That show just cracks me That's up, right. and it's I, on I think that Charlie <laughs> Sheen is amazing. And I worked with Martin Sheen um, in a, a movie many years ago before he was even famous, uh-huh. and it was called When the Line Goes Through. And it wasn't, I mean, it it wasn't a great film, but I got to work with Martin Sheen, and he was just the nicest person and so so amazing and it kind of came and went and one of my friends actually tracked it down i on vhs somewhere and he sent me this copy of it and he actually put a sticker on the side that said caution contents may cause drowsiness (laughs) which was pretty funny but um anyway um i you know of course i liked all the old Shows, you know, the I Love Lucy, oh, and yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know, I can't even think. But and I liked all the um, the crime shows. I liked Law and Mr. Jones, and um, you know, I liked all those interesting detective shows. And mm-hmm. What about movies? What, what what's your favorite movies? My favorite movie. Um, wow. There's so many. Um, you know, I just saw a great film, as a matter of fact, called The Town. Have you seen it? With I haven't Ted seen Affleck? it yet. I haven't seen it's it. It's wonderful. It's, the acting is great, and Ben Affleck just does an amazing, you know, I've heard a lot directing. of good things about it. Pardon? I've heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah, it's. it's I'm sure it's going to get a lot of nominations. Um, I don't know. I... I I, um, of course, all the old classics, you know, that we all love, and um, Casablanca, and all those, mm-hmm. you know, 
they're quite different than the movies of today, but you know, I think there's good and bad, you know. Oh, yeah. With everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, people can check out Old Yeller in uh, California at the Moraga, California, New Ream Theater on October 23rd at 11 a.m., and you are going to be there. I am, and I'm so thrilled to be invited there, and I hope people will come. And, you know, as you can tell, I like to ramble on, so (laughs) I'll be um, interested in meeting people, and it's always nice to, um, you know, be remembered for those old shows. And, you know, I'm always so flattered and honored when people remember some of the stuff I've done because I feel that, you know, I've been blessed that I've worked with some of the the greats. You oh, know, yeah. I was directed by Cecil B. DeMille and George Stevens and Frank Capra. And, of course, you know, when I was so young, it didn't really mean anything to me at the time because I didn't, you know, you don't put it together when you're that young. Right, yeah. And, and then as I got older and became an adult, I just thought, I am so blessed that, you know, that I had that life because, um, you know, I grew up in Hollywood and um, I just have so many wonderful memories and I'm always so thrilled when, you know, when I do these little conventions or whatever, when people come up and talk to me because I, um, it means everything to me, you know, I'm just flattered and honored that they do that. So I hope people will be there and... Um, I look forward to meeting everybody, and yeah, I'm sure, um, sure it's going to be a great time. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and um, I certainly appreciate you having me on your show. Well, Beverly, I, I really appreciate you doing it. It was a lot of fun, and it's so interesting to hear the stories that people have. It's it's just amazing sometimes to hear what Thank you have you. to say. Yeah, I hope I didn't put anybody to sleep. No, 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 no. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Beverly. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure talking to you. What a great guest. Beverly Washburn, nice person. And, you know, check out her book. She's got a book out. You can find that. You know, just do a Google on it and you'll find it. And uh, if you're in the Moraga, California area, you can meet Beverly on Saturday, October 23rd, 2010 at 1130 a.m. And it's going to be at a special showing of Old Yeller. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such a good film. And, and, and on the big screen, it just makes it so much better. And it's all part of the California Independent Film Festival's monthly classic film series. You can check it out. And it's a lot of fun. And you can meet the stars, too. And that's all at the New Ream Theater. And that winds up another edition of On Screen and Beyond. So until next week, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Mm-hmm.